We all know the legal world is complex and high-pressured. There's no room for error. That's why judges and attorneys across Chicagoland have trusted the expert court reporters at McCorkle Litigation Services since 1948. McCorkle Litigation Services has accurately recorded every word from thousands of legal proceedings. McCorkle Litigation Services provides the legal community with peace of mind, transcribing testimony and depositions that can be used reliably by jurors, judges, and attorneys. For all your legal support needs, contact McCorkle Litigation Services online at McCorkleLitigation.com. Joining us on the phone to lead things off, Kim Whaley, professor at the University of Baltimore School of Law, former assistant U.S. attorney, and a former associate independent counsel in the Whitewater Investigation. She's the author of the book, How to Read the Constitution and Why, and Kim joins us now on WGN. Hi, Kim. Hi there. Kim, we appreciate the time. We know you've been all over CBS in your role as uh, their legal analyst. So obviously whirlwind week, a lot to catch up on. But give our listeners maybe a couple of pieces of new evidence that we've learned from the testimony this week that the Democrats are going to use to build their case um, for impeachment against President Trump. Well, there was a we had a total of 12 witnesses that consistently said that there was an understanding that the Ukrainians had to make an announcement of investigations, not necessarily do an investigation. Gordon Sondland made it clear it was the announcement that mattered to the president um, that that was necessary in order to, number one, get a White House meeting. And we learned today why that White House meeting was so crucial for the Ukrainians. The Ukrainians have been fighting since 1991 to stave off Russian aggression, and having the American president have their backs in that moment was absolutely crucial to shoring up democracy. The other thing that the, that the president held up was the $400 million, nearly $400 million in military aid, also necessary um, to stave off Russian aggression. And we heard from multiple witnesses that Rudy Giuliani was the front man. Rudy Giuliani was the person that the president said, go talk to Giuliani. He's the one you need to deal with in order for me to play ball on Ukraine. So what we did not hear is any witness that said, I spoke to the president. This president personally directed me to withhold the aid, for example. But we heard over and over again that it was through Rudy Giuliani. And of course, that was already in the July 25th summary of the, the, the phone call that the White House issued. Um, and so the question is, does anyone really believe that Rudy Giuliani wasn't acting at the direction of President Trump? I think the answer to that, for, for most logical people, is no. And Kim, that announcement that you mentioned, getting back to that, that's so crucial, right? Because that shows, and that was in writing, in, in, in emails, and that shows the necessary, I think, mens rea, um, you know, the intent of the president to gain a political advantage why else would you need that announcement publicly if he wasn't trying to gain something personal from this transaction precisely i mean one of the defenses is oh well this is really about rooting out corruption there are a number of problems with that defense including that rudy giuliani was actually working with the formerly corrupt prosecutor corrupt former prosecutors of ukraine to smear marie ivanovich um so that, that corruption narrative doesn't really make sense, but it certainly doesn't make sense if the, the goal wasn't actually to do the investigation. It was just to announce the investigation. That would be for a purely political um, rationale, which is what Fiona Hill called a political, a domestic political errand. Is the, I think the words that will probably go down in infamy from Fiona Hill, the idea being this had nothing to do with uh, foreign policy, with uh, national security, with America's interests. In fact, it was contrary 
to America's interests. And that's really what's of concern with impeachment, taking actions as president to shore up and entrench personal power and doing it at odds with what's best for America. And there really isn't a counter narrative from the Republican side for that. It's pretty much one witness after another making clear this was bad for America. This was a this was bad for Ukraine, but it was really good for Vladimir Putin and it was really good potentially for Trump personally in securing his power in 2020. So, Kim, most Republicans are arguing that even if there's a quid pro quo here, that it doesn't rise to the level of an impeachable offense. Wearing your hat as a constitutional scholar, can you walk through for our listeners what your position is on this? Sure. So I think the argument has to do with this idea of bribery, because, of course, bribery is in the actual Constitution, and there's a statute that was passed in by Congress in 1962. And the Supreme Court has said, you know what, to, to sue, to, or I shouldn't say, to criminally prosecute a public official for bribery, the standard is pretty high to put that person in jail because we don't want sort of regular um, activities of politicians to somehow be criminalized by prosecutors. Well, we have to be careful. That's really different from what the framers considered bribery to be in 1788 when the Constitution was ratified. They were thinking about common law England. They were thinking about Charles II being essentially bribed by the French. Uh, They're worried about, as we talked about, using the power of the office, the unique power that whoever's in the presidency has. Nobody else on the planet has that level of of authority over the military, over the criminal justice system, over um, federal dollars. That's an immense amount of power, and the idea is you can't use that for yourself, you can only use that for the American people. Um, so I think the, the argument that this doesn't rise to the level of impeachment is a technical legal argument that does not really, I think, squarely address the reason behind the impeachment clause, which is abuse of power. Kim, your book, How to Read the Constitution and Why, is a really easy read. It's, you know, I think people are often intimidated by books about the Constitution. They think it's, you know, really lawyer-like and and scholarly. Yours is really clear and I think very um, common sense in its approach. And obviously it comes out at a really interesting time in our history. Talk to us about how you think the protections afforded by the Constitution are eroding at a time when we really need them the most? And also, what can ordinary Americans do to understand the, this really you know, crucial document and protect it um, at this crucial point in our history? Yeah, so the book is sort of... Um it approaches the Constitution from a common-sense standpoint, from a sort of your regular life standpoint. And to answer your question, why are we in potentially a dark moment for the Constitution? It really is just common sense, right? So if you drive down the street and there's a speed limit and you know that there's a speed camera that's hiding behind the bushes, most people, once they realize that, will slow down, right? If there is no uh, ticket, people will blow through the speed limit. And we know um, it was the day after uh, Robert Mueller finished his his testimony, uh, and essentially it was clear that the 2016 Russian interference, the president's um, sort of involvement in that process was not going to be held. There's no accountability for that. The next day is when the president had the phone call with Russia, uh, Ukrainian minister uh, um, uh, President Zelensky. So the issue is, if we enhance the pro- the 
power of the presidency by not issuing tickets for violating speed limits, we are creating an office that then will go on to the next generation, the next president, with no limits. Um, the speed limits won't matter anymore because no one is issuing tickets. If the if the um, judicial branch can't issue tickets because you can't prosecute uh, a sitting president pursuant to internal Department of Justice policy, that branches out, then it has to be the Congress. The only way the Congress can do it is through oversight. It's been frustrated through denials of subpoenas, not responding to subpoenas, but through impeachment. We have to, as a country, make sure that that office doesn't get too much power. And to answer your question, what's the first step ensuring that? Number one is education. Uh, a third of Americans asked in 2015 by the Annenberg Center at the University of Pennsylvania could not name all three branches of government. Uh, and that's absolutely critical. That's unbelievable, the three branches by the way. That check each other, right. So how can people understand the importance of, of impeachment if they don't understand structurally we don't have a monarchy. It's flat-out wrong to suggest impeachment is unconstitutional. It's in the Constitution. Why? To protect regular people from a bullying government. Um, so number one is education, and the book is a start. It, it really tries to lay stuff out in ways that people can understand, but also grappling with the theory, not just descript- describing the Constitution. Even Sam number knows two, that it's the, my new book. Even Sam knows it's the DMV, post office. And what's the third branch of government, Sam? <laughs> Lake Michigan? There I, don't, you go. I thought it was the executive, the legislative, and the judicial. There you get go. that right? Nice. Yeah, there's nice. yeah. in the park. <laughs> there's another statistic. 10% of uh, people thought that uh, the, the Supreme Court includes Judge Judy. As <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, but maybe 10%. it should. Maybe it should. Uh, maybe it should. <laughs> <laughs> really like Where's Judge Wapner when you need him? <laughs> but my number two answer is to vote, right? Absolutely. It's actually the, the next book, the next summer, not to plug, but there'll be a book called What You Need to Know About Voting and Why, and I've done a lot of thinking about this as a scholar. And at the end of the day, that's the way to take back democracy. Even if you're in a district where you feel like your vote doesn't matter, if your vote didn't matter, people wouldn't be trying so hard to make it difficult to vote. Uh, so, so that's number two. Number one, educate yourself. Number two, get out and exercise the privilege of the franchise that we have in America. I love that. Not to plug, but I'm going to go ahead and plug. That's Kim Whaley, and the book is How to Read the Constitution and Why. Kim, thank you so much for your time. Okay, thank you.